Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. Uh, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, just hanging out. I got my second vaccine dose a couple days ago. Wiped me out for a little bit, but, you know, rebounded quite nicely. As they say in hockey, you take the hit to make the play, right? Exactly. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, and just glad to get it done. Uh but yeah, you and are... I'm I'm back in Canada. Back in Canada, it's been a while. Yeah, this is the first episode in probably what like seven months that we do when we're both in Canada. So that's exciting. Yeah, it is. It has been a long time. A lot, a lot of stuff going on. Maybe more than that. I'm trying to think how long you were in Mexico for. Yeah, quite a while. I can't remember exactly. Quite We'd have while. to look at it, but it's it's been a while. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really change anything. We're still, you know, doing this remotely. Yeah, yeah. But we're hoping to get a live show in in the near future. And originally for this episode, we were planning on continuing on with our expansion draft series that we were going to do and go through the next 10 teams, talk about who we'd protect, who we wouldn't. But then what happened this week in the NHL was a lot. And, you know, not much of it really pertains to the Panthers per se, but we just felt like had to be talked about it because there were some objectively not smart moves made by some teams uh, over the last week or so. So I think we got to talk about them and I think we should go with kind of the first thing to happen, which was the Ottawa senators bringing in Pierre Maguire into their hockey operations department. What do you think of the move? Honestly, I don't even know what to think. Like, he could have probably get, gotten a boatload of money from TNT or ESPN, undoubtedly. And this could he have noted. Though? Could he have, though? Because, like, people are like. I feel like he could have. People though. are like, like, here's the thing. is like people are very famously not a fan of Pierre Maguire. And that's the thing. And that's why I'm, like, a little bit skeptical about the Ottawa thing. Because he's very, very publicly not an analytics guy no very much and so. that's the direction the game is going and like auto is just like let's bring in this old-fashioned dude i was just like okay like auto is gonna do ottawa things i guess yeah like it just it is the perfect ottawa move and like it's one of those things like there was the duncan keith trade too which we'll talk about later and like i was watching those like moves like unfold because they happened like pretty close together and i was like this is exactly why the cup never comes to Canada. It is moves like this that it's been since like 1993. And I was honestly baffled because like Pierre Maguire has been rumored for a lot of, you know, hockey ops jobs, uh, you know, recently. And 
I just think it's going to be a disaster. I mean, it's Ottawa, but like, I don't know what he really brings to the table to make that team better. I have no idea. How long has he been in broadcasting? A long time. Like at least 20 years. I'm trying to think because I was reading the this post and I think they said he was like doing play-by-play in the late 90s. Yeah. Well, he, he was at one point. And in then the he GM. coached for a bit. Yeah. He it's, coached. Too. I, it's, it's a weird, weird move. Yeah, I, but, it's, just, it, it's a perfect Ottawa Senators thing to do, right? Yeah. It just, I think, I think it just really just reflects like where they are like they're clearly you know the game's evolving you know analytics are evolving and i know pe- you know some people don't like analytics right and it's not like the like one like holy grail tool but it's like very important for helping you evaluate players and i know like pierre mcguire was saying like you know i don't hate analytics but i'm more of like a boots on the ground type of guy and it's like that is like fine in theory but like if you're ottawa you don't have the biggest budget to spend. You don't have the most boots on the ground. And it's just like, there's value in both. And I just see them like, I think he's just saying that and they're absolutely not going to use like analytics at all. Honestly, it's part of me is like, is he even going to do anything for them? I mean, like at the end of the day, like their GM still is Eugene Melnick. Exactly. Eugene's going to have the last, word on every single thing that's going to happen in that hockey operations department so it's going to be interesting maybe eugene is more likely to listen to mcguire now i don't know which i don't think is a good thing probably not probably worse i know right. I, like i wish we could have got you know jacob barker on the show today because you know he is a Sens fan so i'd love to hear his thoughts on it i mean i already have and they were not positive uh, but unfortunately, we couldn't get him on the episode. But yeah, just like a puzzling move where I, I just like, I don't see like how that helps them at all. And if anything, I, I don't either. It's just, it's weird. It's like, yeah. but as I said, it's an Ottawa Senators thing to do. And you can't really, it is the type of thing you can't explain. Yeah, and the real test of it will be we'll see what they do in the offseason, and that'll be a very clear indication of, you know, their entire process and evaluation as to what types of players they bring in. My guess is they just bring in a bunch of, like, slow skating big players, you know. That's – yep, that's what it sounds like. And, you know, and just keep rolling into their five years of unprecedented success, (laughs) as Eugene Melnick once said a few years ago. But yeah, it's 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 a weird one for me. I'm not I'm not a fan, but you know, I'm not a Sens fan, so I don't care that much. Exactly, it's it's going to be easier in the division. Yeah, and then so then yeah, and then the next thing that happened that day, Duncan Keith, Blackhawks legend, getting sent to the Edmonton Oilers for Caleb Jones and a conditional pick, along with a prospect. Uh, no salary retained. What are your thoughts on this trade? Does Ken Holland know something we don't? No. And then what is he doing? It just, yeah, it, it, I think unanimously was like panned by like most people. And, you know, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, also like Ken Holland in his press conference said, I can't put a price on three Stanley Cups or you can't put a price on three Stanley Cups. 
you just did. <laughs> you put up. I, I and it's a puzzling move. Like, I I do think it has potential to work out for the for the Oilers. Like, you never know. Uh, he 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 has won three Stanley Cups. He was like pretty good defenseman for his pairing for sure. But the way it looks now, it's he's bad. He's real bad. Exactly. He's exactly. not good. Right. Unless and that's just the like, reality of being like a 38 year old defenseman. That's it's it's crazy. Like he would have like I I can't understand the move. I don't understand why you're paying so much for it because from what I can understand, Duncan Keith was willing to go to two places. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't understand. Like the Oilers had so much leverage in this one. And it's like, what are you doing? Like you had all the leverage in this deal. You had Chicago strapped to the cap, Asian defenseman with a no move clause who is only willing to go to like two places, right? You had to protect him in the expansion draft and you still won the trade. You want to know what the most surprising thing is? I think this would be a completely different conversation had Chicago retained salary. I don't understand that. Yeah, if and yeah, if Chicago retains and it's two and a half, I think most people are like, all right, it's a risk, but it's a two-year risk. And you know what? Like, that's fine. But to pay that much, to give up assets, to get a bad contract back and a player who, yes, has experience and a history of winning, but is not good at hockey anymore, you know, and it's baffling too because the Oilers do this every single year where they bring in some player like a Milan Lucic like a Duncan Keith and say oh this guy knows how to win right and then they don't it's it's bad it's like and and, and then Ken Holland's probably going to go out and sign Mike Smith to another one-year deal which in retrospect, isn't as bad just because Mike Smith has actually been producing decently. And somehow, goalies yeah. goalies can actually, like, somehow, like, perform way longer than players. Yeah, it's just, it's so weird because it's like, okay, like, this is the offseason where the Oilers had finally gotten out of the, the cap mess that Peter Shirley had created for them. And they had all this flexibility to do a bunch of different things to make the team better, to surround their very solid core with important pieces. And their first move is just brutal. Like I'd compare it to, to last season, the Florida Panthers, they have some money coming off the books in Dadnov and Hoffman, right? They have this flexibility, you know, even though they have the Bobrovsky contract, but they had a good core. The core was there. And Bill Zito, did a phenomenal job of building around that court and adding some really, really good depth pieces at really, really low prices. That ended up being a part of a, a part of the core. Yeah, that have ended up being phenomenal for the team. And so I'd say Edmonton this offseason is in a similar position, but I don't think it's going to go well if this is their approach to it. Because, you know, yeah, like as much as there is, sure, there is some value in, you know, pedigree and knowing what it takes to win. Duncan Keith did not single-handedly win those cups. And if Duncan Keith... The the support cast in Chicago was kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. And Kane Taves, they had some... Seabrook was good. Again, 
their last cup was like six years ago. Yeah, literally. Like, my goodness. Like, you you shouldn't be paying for for what a guy did six years ago. And it's and not ten like years this ago. Was, it's not like this was all like under the table and like no one knew about it and it was a huge shock. We knew that there were talks between Chicago and the Oilers for what like two weeks now. Yeah, like it's and to do it before the expansion draft, so you have to protect Duncan Keith, is also just like why. I hats off to Stan Bowman, who honestly shouldn't even be there right now. Yeah, like just like phenomenal, like great. Yeah, great for the Blackhawks, and you know, getting out of a tricky spot. I'd I'd compare it to like last off season, not to the same degree, but when like the Penguins let the Panthers off the hook with the Mike Matheson deal. Yeah, where it's like, okay, sure, <laughs> like, why not? Yeah, like, all right, that, <laughs> like, just. It- yeah, and it just – my first thought when I saw Caleb Jones was, like, in return, I was like, oh, Seth, what are you saying? Like, Well, and I think that's, like, a big part of it for Chicago, too, is, like, oh, this could help us lure Seth Jones here. And it's like, congratulations, that's even more leverage the Oilers had that they didn't use. I uh... – Like, it is just baffling it... that they continue to waste the primes of two of the best players – in the world it, that's it's so frustrating because ken holland comes in and you're like oh like shoot like the oilers like finally have a legit like orchestrator that can organize everything get like fix everything and then this happens in the offseason you're like what the fuck yeah, like and like and like a kennel on I think in his like press conference because I watched it because I just wanted to see how this was going to be defended. He was like, "Oh, like when I was with Detroit, I brought in Chelios, who was like also an older like player, right? And that experience really helped us in Detroit." That may be true. Chelios was still good at hockey, like still very very good at hockey when they acquired him, and there was no salary cap. Like there is one now, and it's flat, and it's flat for a while. You can't bury. Like, what are you doing? It's just it it blows my mind that decisions like that still happen, but whatever. Who cares? Doesn't concern us as Panthers. It doesn't concern us, but I mean I wanna like a congratulate Chicago, but I, I can't because yeah, I, of all no, the shit no that's praise, happening. No also, Patty Kane winning the SB award for best NHL player. What is that? I, I just put he's it aside. American. He's American. Put, That's all put, I can say. He's American. Put, putting aside the fact that it is a really bad time to reward the Chicago Blackhawks for anything and give them any sort of attention and positive publicity. He also just wasn't the best player in the league. He also wasn't the best, best American. Uh, but he wasn't the best American player in the league. He probably wasn't even the second best American player in the league. Yeah. I mean, I don't get it. I, I, the ESPYs have never cared about hockey. But they never ESPN will. is getting <laughs> the rights. And for me, it's like as long as they do an okay job with the broadcast and the analysis. The analysis really is going to be a key contributor. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't care at all with the ESPYs, like, realistically. But that was just, like, it's just wrong. No sense. No it's just sense. objectively wrong. You know, some, like, some things are up to debate. Patrick Kane was not the best player in the NHL last season. And it wasn't close. It's not even like 
something you can debate. It's just factually incorrect. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure like McDavid had like 40 more points. If not more. Yeah. And but also like again, put it aside, like because you're ESPN and you're getting the NHL rights. Would that not have been a really great opportunity for them to give the award to Connor McDavid and promote the game of hockey to the US audience before getting the rights? So that there's more familiarity there between the the uh, the audience. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't even know how the SPs are like determined. I don't either. I don't. Is it like I, a like a staff vote, a journalist vote? Is it just like somebody just picks and chooses? Like, yeah, I I, I think I think someone just picks and chooses. Maybe it's just maybe it's a contest. Maybe they like just like a, a random draw or something. That would make sense. That is the, as uh, to the why Kane won it. The, yeah, the only way it makes sense is if they had a watery, like they just had a watery machine with a bunch of balls with players' names on, and they reached in and picked one. And it was Pad Keen. Only way it makes sense. Only way only it makes sense. I completely agree sense. with that. But whatever. Okay, we'll move on though because we, we'll go over to Minnesota now, where more GMs making more bad decisions. Objectively, the buyouts of Suter and Parise. What's your breakdown on this one? What's your take? You love the move. You hate the move. It's interesting. It's interesting because bad. it's bad. Minnesota, Bill Guerin for the next two years better be praying before he goes to bed that the economy is going to shoot the fuck up and that the Salary cap's going to go up to like 150 million. Yeah, it's not a great gamble. It's it's a horrible gamble. Yeah, like it just. What, what is he thinking? Well, like he's just shooting himself in the foot. Okay, uh, like I understand because I was reading all the articles on it because I was just genuinely curious about how this decision making came through. I understand that if they were going to buy out either player, this based on the breakdown of their salaries, this was the best time to do it because otherwise the cap hit really wouldn't have made that, like the cap hit reduction wouldn't Absolutely. have made much sense. So I get that if you were going to buy out either player, this is the time. And I get buying out Zach Parise because Zach Parise was on their fourth line last year, right? He wasn't happy, it, right? I, so I totally get buying out Zach Parise, 100%, right? And he'll go on to probably the Islanders with Lou. Well, so that's the thing because they were close to a deal. Was it last deadline or two, two, deadlines, two, two ago? deadlines ago? Two deadlines ago. They were like going to make a deal for Parise. Yeah. So you was... have to, like, Bill Guerin must have been absolutely convinced that he couldn't make a deal for Parise. And, 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 this I, was, I, and I honestly think that's probably true is that no one wants Parise yeah, at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, I, for, for, for how much he's getting paid, I absolutely agree. Yeah, I, so I understand buying out Parise. But to buy out Ryan Suter, a guy who is still, you know, as much as he's paid a lot, it's a lot of money, it's a long contract, right? He is still a very competent NHL player. Like, more did so. Did you... Like, did you did you hear how like um, how they found Sue out? Found out, yeah. Yeah, he was fuming. But like how he was just like consoling Parise, and then yeah, like he missed the he call had, from like, Garen. Miss- he missed <laughs> call from Garen. Yeah. He's consoling Parise. Parise's like, yeah, Bill just called me. 
told me I've been bought out. He's like, oh, no way. I missed a call from Bill. I wondered what that could have been about. And Bill calls him. And he's like, yeah, buddy, you're gone too. Right? All I remember reading is like, that that phone call did not last long. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, like, no, it was... Right? And like, right, like I'd be pissed too, to be honest. Yeah. You don't even care about the money at that point. You're just like, really? Like... And I get that they were horrible. Like, you cannot even begin to express how bad those contracts were as soon as like, they signed like, them. Like, a buyout was almost inevitable with those deals, right? Right. And Parise is aged very, very poorly. Ryan Suters really didn't. Like, he's still in their top four. He still played a lot of minutes. He was still pretty decent for them, right? Yeah. And, and I'd also, I'd understand, too, if... They said, hey, Ryan, we'd like you to waive your no-move clause because we need to protect Matt Dumba in expansion, right? And then if Ryan Suter had said, no thanks, I'm, I'm good, just chilling here. They didn't even ask Suter to waive. It wasn't even, it wasn't even a table discussion. Like, he might have said no, but he might have said yes. So, and, and then, so l- let's look at the money. Uh, so this year they saved $10 million. Which is good. It's fantastic. It's a lot of, fantastic. It's a lot of room, a lot of flexibility. For one year. 2023 to 2025? What the? Is it really worth it? To have 14 mil in dead cap? Like, I don't think that's worth it. No. Which is why, like... like, And then it's... I think it's 12 after that. It's something ridiculous. Yeah, it's a ridiculous amount. Like, I get, like, it buys them a little... It buys them flexibility in the very, very short term but immediately is a massive problem. And if like, but that's the thing. It's the, like, it, it's not even short term. It's one season. Yeah. Are you, like, are you just like saying oh, like, fuck it. We're going to give ourselves a one year window to get way, way better at hockey as a team. That's not how it works. No, like it just it, it, baffling. And like, I get like, they, they weren't in a great situation with those contracts. Right. And yeah, you buy out Parise, fine. But Ryan Suter, like, like to keep Matt Dumba, like, I don't know, like, just just give Seattle something to not not take him. Won't be much. I, I don't get it. I although apparently Seattle's asking price to for for protection is like, I, I the quote I saw was exorbitant. Yeah, I saw that too. Which, which is fine because, like, in, in reality, Seattle has absolutely nothing to like. You know, they why would they do teams a favor? Yeah, and like I fully get to like you want to protect like Matt Dumb. Matt Dumb is a very, very good hockey player, but between what he cost them last expansion draft and between what he's going to cost them on this expansion draft, in terms of he's got those two massive cap hits in a couple of years, the fourteen mil is because of Dumba. And they lost Tuck last time because of Dumba. Like, what do you like? I get he's a good hockey player, but he's costing you so much. I I, I don't get it. Sorry, I, I just looked it up. So it's about four and a half million in dead cap for this season, and then which is still not that little. And then twelve point five, twelve and a half for twenty two, twenty three. And then it's two years of 15 million 
14 and a half. I mean, just give or take. So you basically have three years there where you're paying at least 12 mil. For let, let, let's think about this. All right. Let's think about what Minnesota still has to do. Namely, they have to sign the reigning rookie of the year, Kirill Kaprizov, who has been offered $10 million to play in the KHL. Yeah, now and it was reported he turned down a, a, an eight-year deal worth nine million dollars a year from the Minnesota Wild, right? And at first, like at first came when he turned it down, right? And everyone's like, "Well, that's like absurd. That's a ton of money." But then he's like, he wants a shorter-term deal so then he can get more on the deal after. Like, I can't blame him. I can't blame him. No, I think it's incredibly the, smart for him. At the end of that eight years, if he was at nine million, he would be like an absolute bargain, and he doesn't want that. No, he's trying to maximize his value, right? And so he's like, if I sign a five-year deal at nine mil, cap goes up, and then I can sign for nine. Or not nine, like 11. You're going to have a, that huge contract on the books for those two seasons. And let me tell you, this cannot be good for Kaprizov right now. Like, he must be thinking, what the fuck are they doing? Do they even want me there? Like why like he's like they know i'm gonna be this expensive i'm not they know he's not gonna go down it's it's like if i'm kirill kaprizov and it's like why would i commit long term to a team even if they pay me that is not gonna have the room to add a supporting cast around me so i can win he's basically saying he's basically in a position where he's like okay so i can make a lot of money but I'm not going to win a cup. Well, I'm not even going to be a contender. Yeah, and if that w- and if that was really the mentality, go back home and like, why wouldn't you do it in Russia? Make more money, uh, you know? Right, like if you're like, content with that, like it's baffling. The like literally the amount of like incredibly dumb moves that have happened in like the last few days is just it blows my mind. Like it, it's, it's astonishing. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk maybe about a smart move. In Nashville. Nashville is saying, well, first of all, congratulations to Pekka Rene on a heck of a career retiring. That honestly, congratulations. I that was like one of my what uh, are my favorite goalies growing up. No, like no I, 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 I saw a post. I saw a post, it was like moment of appreciation for whatever his name is, who Nashville traded to get that pick to Tampa. And Tampa selected a Swiss defenseman who played a total of eleven NHL games. Like, and, and Pecorino went on to be very, very good. And I, I think he's going to stick around in Nashville, isn't he? That's, Probably. Like, he's a huge part of that community. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the okay, the other news out of Nashville though, saying that they they probably won't protect Matt Duchesne. Do you like the move or do you not like the move? I love the move. I love the move. This is the only, I love the move. This is like one of the only moves that happened this week that I actually was like, this is smart. It's just an amazing move. Like, Well, it's not amazing that they're paying Matt Duchesne 8 mil, <laughs> first of all. So I, I don't, I don't want to pump their tires too much like they're doing something like super sick. Like they have created a bad situation. Yes, but, yes, but least, I, least, I completely agree. But like there are probably some teams that will protect contracts like that. And at least they're like, no, nah, we're not going to do that. Yeah, and you you brought up you brought up PK in Nashville, uh, not Nashville, New Jersey. Yeah, like would you protect the PK Subban's an interesting one. Like, would you protect PK Subban nine million dollars for another year, 
first it's like no but then it's like do they even have anyone else like worth like protecting like maybe like Siegenthaler like I don't know Carrick yeah and PK is a really interesting one I don't think so I really don't think so I don't I because I think there is no chance to crack and take him but he does have a few things going for him. He's an amazing guy in the community. Oh yeah. And that, that, that would be like the only thing I'd be worried about. Like Seattle looking at is like, you're looking at like the intangibles that this player can bring. And like, that's a clear. And if it's short term and it's like a big enough name. Cause they're going to, they're going to need to hit the the floor somehow. Yeah. Like if, if they're really trying to hit the floor, then yeah. Like Duchesne and PK could be options. Like I, I don't see Seattle. I don't like. I wouldn't protect either, and I don't think Seattle would take either. No, no, I, right? I agree with you. Right, and like realistically, like if I'm Nashville, like, do I even want to protect Ryan Johansson? Probably not. Probably. I, I probably don't. But then you it's probably like, don't. Right, and then that allows you to protect like Rocco Grimaldi. <laughs> My guy. Like it just. <laughs> yeah. Like. So yeah, I, that being said, it's they're they're making the best of a bad situation. I think by not protecting Duchesne, I think that's a great move. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see. I when when is the official list coming out? I don't know. We were talking about this before the episode because we're trying to time it because we were going to do ten teams today for our expansion. Episode, yeah, but we're going to do twenty next episode instead with Jacob Barker, hopefully. We'll probably have to go through our original picks and just based on here's here it is protectionless deadline. Do we have access to that? Yeah, it's Friday. Yeah, a couple of days. So oh, it's gonna be fun. So yeah, we might have to go through the first ten again just to like see if there's anybody we had protected that wasn't protected or vice versa yeah um just to see if we would change our picks based on that um but it's it's gonna be really interesting and then the other news which actually includes the panthers a bit is seattle kraken are rumored to be very interested in chris drieger which is very nice for the for the panthers because that would count as their selection from the florida panthers and he's asking for a very reasonable contract at three point five million a year, I think. Yeah, like I get like okay, like a sample size isn't huge, right? He has never been like the de facto he number. He was so one. good with the Panthers, though. He was so good. He was very, very good, right? I, you know, <laughs> and like ideally, you know, he stays in Florida forever. But if that like that would be, you know, if Chris Drieger could just sign there and just be like a full hero to the Florida Panthers, so that the you know. They don't lose someone else like a Gustav Forsling, right? Because it's looking like because I don't think they asked Keith Handel to wave his no move, which like don't they, like no, they did not ask him. And, but I heard that they might be working on a trade. Yeah, which would be I mean realistically like they, maybe like, the Oilers want him. Yeah, perfect. I mean probably not because Keith Handel has zero Stanley Cups, right? And you right. Know, you know, if he had even one Stanley Cup, then oh my goodness, teams would be lining up, <laughs> right? Like, my goodness, like oh yeah, you're Ken on the clock. Why not bring like Hosa out of retirement at this point? But three cups, plus two final appearances before them. Literally, 
Uh, but yeah, like that would be if you know as much as like Chris Trigger, it was inevitable he was going to leave, right? But if yeah. you could, but if he if he left and that was the pick, that would be a huge huge benefit to the Florida Panthers. I I can't even begin to quantify how like it, to be fair, it makes sense because of how hurt they were in the Vegas expansion draft. Yeah. It's kind of like you know, it's like like karma. It's like uh, they were like so hurt then that now they're getting a break it kind of kind of yeah, makes sense, even, you know? evens things up would be nice i mean you know last time with vegas was very much self-inflicted but very right and, and like especially because florida like looking at the expansion draft well you know one of the things that makes florida such a good team is the depth that they have which is great but it also means that you know one of your very very solid depth pieces is going to get taken but if it's chris drieger a guy who you weren't going to have next year anyways because you have spencer knight and Sergey Bobrovsky on his very nice ten million dollar contract, which he'll bounce bounce back from. Eventually. For sure, most goalies don't peak till thirty three, so that's ideal. But I that would be massive if Seattle could could take Chris Drieger. That that would indeed be huge. Um, and as as you said, we knew he was going to leave. We knew it wasn't going to happen. He was a victim of his own success. So to be able to lose him and not have it be for nothing. I can't even explain how huge that, that is. Yeah, it would be phenomenal. Right. right? Exactly. And just, and like, really, I'm looking, like, I've looked through, like, there's not a ton of, like, really good goalie options out there for, for Seattle where, like, I would, like, really, really want a guy. So I think, like, you get a guy like Chris Drieger at three and a half. Like, I think there is obviously some risk there, but it's a very, very low risk bet. Mm-hmm. Right. And even if he doesn't pan and he ended up being your backup at three and a half, I think you're fine with that. Absolutely. Right. So, if, you know, I would absolutely be over the moon if Seattle could sign Chris Drieger. Also, I think Chris Drieger is a really good guy and I really like the Pacific Northwest. So I think that's just a perfect fit. Uh, exactly. There you have it. So Chris Drieger to Seattle, not a hundred percent confirmed, but per sources. Per, yeah, per anonymous sources, source close to the situation <laughs> would be fantastic. But um, yeah, I guess that does it for for this episode. I think that I think that's everything that happened. Yeah, there's there's a few other things that are less confirmed, but we'll we'll have a full expansion draft episode on Sunday with the full protected list, and we'll be able to see how close we can get to the real thing. Yeah, I'm sure we're way off, but. You know, we, you know, honestly, we, if we get like 10 picks right, I would be over the moon. I don't think we get 10 right. I think you're selling us short, man. We're not that smart. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> like, well, and it's too because, like, we don't know like what trades are going to occur or moves. So, exactly. Like, exactly. Protect guys. It's not like, like, I think with like, with like Vegas last time, it was like, okay, like Flurry was like obvious. Uh, yeah. Derek England was obvious. I can't even remember. Malcolm Subban was probably probable. Yeah. Oh, hopefully this year Flurry is, well, Drieger is Flurry. So hopefully we, we get at least one. Would be ideal. Would be ideal. Would, I mean, would indeed be ideal. But yeah, we will see. Uh, That does it for this episode of the podcast. Again, we'll be back 
on Monday with a brand new episode where we're continuing on with our expansion episodes, wrapping them up. Jacob Barker will be back on the show. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, Thank you to everyone tuning in, listening to this week's episode. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you next time. Panthers are back on top.